0: just funny because we sort of have like this parallel life even though you have two kids and you already owned a house here but um we both worked in the industry lived in a in la and then in uh, echo park in echo (laughs) park i lived with in west hollywood with remington and he always sort of jabs at me where i'm like he's like oh you just want to live your echo park fantasy (laughs) and i was like it is a fantasy life you know like you go there and you feel Like more intellectual or something. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. There's something there, but like yeah. I also, in a way, I was like, wait, it's sort of like this crowd of misfits. Where like, does anybody fit in? Yeah. With each other, I don't know. And I'm not really like a misfit. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just sort of like wandering into different scenarios. Yeah. Um. But it anyway, has, it has changed a lot, though. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I feel like it's that little edge it had it kind of disappeared.
0: Yeah, and I think it's one of those places, like, because you live in New York City, too. Yeah. So, like, you could probably go back to New York and be like, oh, I lived here, and it's, like, Not in its prime. Same. Like, yeah. this this yeah. place sucks. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's true. It's a food court. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. No, you're right. I mean, I think I remember Gap trying to come in. I think in the, I can't remember, early 2000 and it didn't work out.
0: But now I feel like there
1: might be one, you know? Probably, where yeah. in New York did you live? Um, Lower East Side.
0: Okay. There's probably And then Williamsburg.
1: Yeah. Oh, there's a Whole Foods in Williamsburg. That blew me mail. Out. Oh, yeah. I was like, what?
0: Yeah. No, it's it's weird over there. Cause yeah. Because I, I remember hearing about Williams Williamsburg and I feel like it was, did you ever watch Bored to Death?
1: Bored to Death, no
0: okay it's hilarious it's about jason schwartzman and he plays a detective oh yeah 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 but he's not like oh, really no. a detective
1: <laughs> okay no i'm thinking of like detective t- wasn't there a show called the detective or detective oh there's a true detective true detective yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what this i'm this is like of comedy okay. like
0: he, his girlfriend dumped him and he loves drinking white wine and like and he just decides to put a craigslist ad up that he's a private detective <laughs> but it, it's like 2010 it's it's hilarious with ted funny. danson yeah and yeah. zach galifianakis and oh, i love zach it's so good. Yeah. Um but there in Williamsburg and it just feels like it was like that ripe time of yeah. like where the hipsters were sort of like mirroring beatniks yeah. and people wanted to be hipsters but yeah. now it's like it's it's just like I don't know it's collapsed into itself. Oh but yeah, completely. It, when when you start seeing
1: the outfit at Urban Outfitters, that's it, you're done. Oh my god. You know? It's yeah. like time to move on, people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: We actually just watched Daisy Jones and the Six. Do you watch any of the shows on now anyway. no i don't well i said watch i read a review it's sort of like almost famous if you're yep, familiar I almost famous yeah. okay yeah so but like something just felt off yeah like remy and i were watching and i was like this is just like like the world is there the costumes yeah. the people like they all kind of look like they might be from the 70s yeah. laurel canyon whatever but like the music was like really like they like almost like they wanted to sell it now as like an album that would come out now like it's not reminiscent of the 70s at all yeah um and i read an article and it was like it was the the show is like going to urban outfitters and and wearing like a led zeppelin t-shirt or a fleetwood mac t-shirt and i was like that's exactly it like it just feels like it's it's manufactured it's manufactured yeah Yeah. so and that's kind of like what everything's turning into i know Yeah. Which is kind of why we're here. We're like, we're done. Let's go farm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Wait. So you're okay. Every time I talk to you and I learn something new about you, I'm like, wait, what? Like you're milking cows and like, (laughs) and like you're doing, you're shoveling manure for like while your kids are, it's just like, I'm like, I need to know where, how you got here to Vermont, but also like, I guess what I'm what I am most inspired by and what I really want to share in this podcast with you um, is how you are empowered as a mother to make these decisions for your family. Because I think like we're in this time where it's really hard to, well, financially to maneuver, like taking your kids out of school and then homeschooling them and like what that looks like. Yeah. Um, And then also like sticking to your guns and, and then, educating yourself like you have to I mean I don't even know like the half of it but every time I talk to you I'm like wait I gotta I gotta look up this <laughs> I gotta look this up and like there's this doctor over here you know yeah. it's just um and like being able to call bullshit so anyway yeah I just that's that's sort of like where I'm like well, I need to talk to her <laughs> now because I have oh, a one-year-old sweet. and your kids are older and they're amazing and they're like they can hang with kids and with adults they're not like freaks that only hang with adults (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. but um uh yeah so anyway can you just sort of walk me through where like like where it all began with deciding to come to vermont and then homeschooling your kids yeah
1: sure um I mean, I guess I've always sort of had it in me. Although I worked in Hollywood, I didn't feel... Like, I was always the one driving the beat-up Volvo, you know, <laughs> although I was the head of my department, um, probably making more money than the rest of my crew. I'd be like, no, I'm driving this beat-up car, and they used to actually laugh about it. And I would always say, yeah, well, it's paid for, you know? <laughs> and I, it would never really... I never was... As much as I loved the creative part of Hollywood, I was never sold... You know, I didn't, it wasn't me, the rest of it. So, I, you know, I've always loved farming. I've always loved this other lifestyle. Um, but being creative was what I wanted to do. And so I stayed in Hollywood for a while. And, and actually, it was COVID that finally, I just had enough. You know, Hollywood went completely insane and I refused to participate and I thought you know what and I was I remember sitting in traffic I was commuting I think it was from Sony so from the west side to the east side and I was sitting in traffic thinking this is horrible like I do not want to live my life like this and and so I just decided I went home and I told my husband um we should move and he was like what we just bought a house." And I, like a year or two, I can't even remember. It wasn't very long. We'd had it for a year and a half, and we'd put all this work into it. And he was like, "What? You want to move?" I was like, "Yeah, we're we're leaving." And you know, I just said, "I can't. Like, I just don't want to live like this anymore." So we weren't really sure where were we were gonna go, but we decided to sell our house, uh, pack our stuff, and we sent it here to Vermont because we have, a, we you know, we had a house here, but we weren't sure if we wanted to be here. So we um, bought um, a camper van, or a trailer, and we went on the road for almost two months. Oh, wow. So we went on a road trip with our kids and went from New York up to Washington State, you know, Oregon, Montana, down to Texas, visited some friends, I mean, all over Florida, Alabama. You know, along the way, thinking, could we live here? You know, and, and then from Florida up to Tennessee, and then to Vermont, which we had family there. We already had a house. We owned a house there. So we weren't, you know, sure if it was going to be like a pit stop or if it was going to be for, you know, for a while. Um, But we got to Vermont, and, you know, Tennessee was sort of the runner-up because I love the, the, you know, mountains of Tennessee. But we just decided, you know what, let's try it, Vermont. So we came here, and— yeah. And then it was sort of, although we were done with the business, I think it took us a good six months to realize we we're really done with it. Because it was always like one foot in, one foot out. Like, of course. oh, maybe if we could go forward. Oh, maybe if we didn't. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. I was like, no, I, I just got to let go. This is not how I want to live. And and so we finally just said, that's it. We're not We're not going to pursue that lifestyle, you know, the Hollywood anymore. And we just decided. Okay, well,
0: now what do we do? <laughs> did you go through like an identity crisis mode of letting that part of you go, even even knowing like it was never you weren't like trying to drive some fancy car, or, like go to all the parties or whatever?
1: Yeah, maybe a little bit. I mean, I did a couple of jobs while I was here, um, and it was all via Zoom. But I maybe because the tra- I don't. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, a little bit. You know, I do miss the creative side of it. But let's, oh, you know, but let's be real. It's not like, it's a business and it's not, it's very little about the creative. It's all about the pressure and, you know, there's so much money behind it. And um, it's, it's. I felt like it was less and less about being creative and it became more and more like, it's just, you know, this is a business and it became about the money, really. When, that's what it comes down to. It was about the money. And ultimately I realized it's the money that kept me there right and so you know although I missed some of it I think I just hit such a point where I was kind of over it like once you realize you're doing something for money it's like okay my heart's not <laughs> you know yeah. I mean you know it's it's not yeah
0: it's not your heart speaking then it's just your thinking right so when that door closed for you what what really opened up well,
1: I've been into health for 15 years, um, researching health because um, you know it started with before my you know, I was pregnant with my daughter who' was 12, so it was like 13, 13 years ago. Um, being pregnant and going through um, different you know different things during pregnancy, where you know, certain things were just expected. And, and I didn't want to do it that way. Didn't feel right. So then it led me to researching, mm. and then just researching that, and then researching vaccines, and researching this, researching, you know. And so from all the years of research, I just started getting more and more into health. And and so, you know, when that door of Hollywood shut, I knew that. Like, Hollywood was my, had become, although my heart was in it before, towards the end, it was my thinking. It was like, the thinking was that, okay, you know, okay with the money, but my heart wasn't in it. But now, my heart was saying, this is what you need to do. And so, that's kind of what I started focusing on.
0: Yeah. So. It's interesting, too, because I, I think that, like, when you become pregnant, you're also faced with with the medical industrial complex of even making a phone call and you know it's like really exciting it's new it's like this has never happened to me before and then you're calling the front desk of your ob or i didn't even have one at that time i was like i gotta get doctors i have to figure this out sure but um you just realize, you're like, wow, this, is just, this business. is just a business. I know. No one cares. I know. No one said congratulations. They're not asking me how I'm doing. Yes. So it's like when I started to feel like I, I'm just literally almost talking to like, I I probably would get more emotion out of an AI answering machine yeah. me than this person on the other end. So true. And it's like, you know, then you're navigating. I mean, I was pregnant during COVID. So you're also navigating that world. Um, but then it's like, okay, well, what is, what is a home birth look like? Or what is, what do midwives, what's that look like? And you start to realize like how there's all these different avenues of health and especially in pregnancy, um, and women's health that like, we've just, I mean, for me specifically, I was never tuned into, and I wasn't even, it wasn't even part of like education from, grade school from my parents like it's like you have to learn it for yourself yeah Yeah. so which is kind of it feels like you're up against it's like you against a system yeah and then you're like am I gonna be this paranoid forever
1: (laughs) yeah I mean I think they make you feel paranoid but it's not you know I think you're you know and the great thing about it is and you're right those are the things we would have learned from our mothers and our you know, grandmothers. But the beauty of it is that we can pass it on to our children, you know, and so that feels good. That, you know, I'm hoping that they will, you know, it sounds like, I mean, my mom, you know, is pretty natural and we grew up eating natural food and, you know, all that. But still, for most people, they don't have that. And so how wonderful for our children that we can give that to them, you know, and then hopefully, you know, we'll have more of that and we can turn the tide because that's how it used to be. I mean, women would just go out and squat, you know? I mean, it's it's not... It's it, crazy. I mean,
0: but you're right. I remember I
1: remember when I had my daughter, and I was like on top of the world, and it just felt so good. And then you look around, like, I'm like, oh, my God, I had a baby. And then you're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And you were like, oh, it was such a such a weird feeling like oh god yeah yeah no one (laughs) yeah
0: and then you you kind of understand why people just keep having babies because there's like a thrill and like an invincibility that you reach once you birth yeah the thing and then um yeah no it's it's i think that's really it's really important to then educate ourselves because also this whole idea of like once you're doing your own research has been so stigmatized it's like you're you're kind of just like I don't know. I have noticed recently, and what I love um, about Vermont is it's very community oriented, mm-hmm. where you can kind of just like everyone sort of lives independently, but yeah. you can meet a community of people that um, understand your values, share yeah. your values, yeah. have similar experiences, yeah. and you can be open about it. And yeah. I've and I think that that like leaving LA, where it's you, I had a spiritual community where it's like a yoga community, yeah. so. You, you're around your yogic practice and then and then the industry. Yeah. Where you could just talk about you're just basically gossiping about I like, know. this job and this yeah. director and blah yeah. blah blah. And it's like fun to know that yeah. whole system and yeah. grid. Yeah. Um but I just think it's um like for you when you were deciding when you're on the road with your kids and then at that point everything is online anyway sure. for them. Because yeah. were you homeschooling them in Dina.
1: yes towards the end I think you know we they were in school at a Waldorf school but then when the Waldorf started putting you know masking children which I refused to do I just pulled them out and started homeschooling yeah yeah so yeah I started homeschooling
0: in California okay and was it easy to just like how do you even begin I mean honestly it's I know a
1: lot of parents say that to me. They're like, oh, I could never do that. And I always go, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's face it. You only have to be a few steps ahead of it, first of <laughs> all. You know? I mean, there's things I can't remember that I have to, you know, the night before, I have to look it up. That was my, you know, sixth <laughs> grader. I was like, oh, what was, you know, Pythagorean? Yeah, I mean, I know Pythagorean right. theory. But, you know, there are certain things where I'm like, oh, I can't remember that. But it really, I mean, it's really, it's not that hard. It really is not. It's... You know, and people different, you know, some people follow curriculum, some people call it unschooling, Mm -hmm. where they refuse to do really, it's just a very much of a child led education. So if the kids want, you know, are into, you know, horses, well, okay, well, let's start writing, you know, let's write a paper on horses. Let's do the research. So, you know, I take both approach. Um, We still follow a Waldorf curriculum, but there is some unschooling around it as well. I try to get them... I try to do things that interest them. So, you know, and I don't, I mean, I just did it. And it wasn't as hard as you would think. Right. Really, it's not. And we got to remember, this is how children learn forever. is from their parents. Yeah. You know, this whole school thing is new. Quote, you know what I mean? Compared to uh, homeschooling, you, you know, and and the literacy rate when children were homeschooled were i think 99.9% in same boston in, in the late 1800s whereas wow. now it's I, I don't i think it's like 50% i don't even remember really? what the number it was something i just remember reading it it was something ridiculous like depressing and yet we're pouring so much money into the education system and you know how is that how is that yeah. the one children are homeschooled was 99.9% literacy rate and now it's I don't know, 50,
0: 60. Yeah, I feel like the system itself just isn't keeping up with technology and it's like sort of it's like it seems feels dusty and stagnant if I were to think of like what a school looks like. Yeah. Where you're placing these kids who are really technologically advanced, like they're yeah. coming into the world yeah. knowing how to swipe. Yeah. Just from observing us, yeah. do it. Yeah. And then you're placing them into these classrooms where like you've got like this horrible brutalist architecture. Oh my God, prison. There's like no windows. Yeah. Like, it's like, you're almost like, who does, who thought that this was a good idea? Well, I think that unfortunately,
1: and not aesthetic sound- speaking. Yeah, no, I, no, but no, I agree with you. But I, I like, and I say this to people, you know, when they say, oh, the education system is just so broken. And I'm like, no, it works like it was intended to. Right. And unfortunately, even the prison mentality with the aesthetic buildings, it's I, th- I think it's all by design. I really do. And when you listen to uh, John Taylor Gatto, who's, you know, an amazing, you know, he was a teacher who was voted best teacher in the United States many years in a row. And then he decided to quit teaching, and he wrote books. And he writes a lot about the education system and it's fascinating reading it and because you get a glimpse it's it's basically there to completely um conform you mm-hmm. and kill any creativity that's what i mean they've i mean they're quote after quote where they're admitted to this yeah. so it's not you know it's not and, what, and actually in one of his books john taylor gatto talks about a school in vermont that was a little you know the old school um uh, schools that they had in every neighborhood. I mean, you know, it was a school schoolhouse. That you yeah. Oh, I love those. So there stuff. was, I know, I did too. There was <laughs> so a schoolhouse here. Actually, I think it's only like 20 minutes, so half an hour from here. Really? And he talks about this because he came here and tried to um, uh, speak about it. But they, basically, um, the state told them it wasn't um, up to code and they didn't have the money to make it up to code. And, it was a lot of, like, bureaucracy it made them shut it. And then those kids then had to go into one of these massive schools, you know. And it, it, he talks all about it and how um, all these little schoolhouses were decimated intentionally. Hmm. And it was to funnel everyone into one large institution right. and how it sort of breaks up the community. Yeah. And it's really, I mean, it sounds so talking about paranoid but when you (laughs) but it's you know but it's this is all documented yeah and people just don't want to believe it they don't want to believe it and maybe it's just because they keep their children in school so they don't want to believe it I I mean I don't know I don't know and and I I, and I get it not everyone can homeschool and there are some wonderful kids that graduate you know public school and do well and you know but because they have the role models at home and I think that's the most important thing if you have awesome parents that see through it, it doesn't mean that you can't succeed in a school like that. You can. But for us, like
0: we could homeschool. So we chose to homeschool. Right. And that's the thing too. It's like, we do live in a society where it's, it's not designed the woman being, Mm -hmm. the mother being home, sewing Mm -hmm. the clothes, making the food. Sure. How like, Making sure the house is tended to, and then yeah. educating the children, yeah. Um, which kind of seems like a nice fantasy, and I think, I think what's nice now, because I always when I read this, I'm like, oh, but it must there must have been some sort of oppressive, weird yeah. power dynamic between yeah. the husband and wife in this family or village. Yeah. I'm like, when did that exist? But like, <laughs> you know, it's um. I think what's great now is that we do have the capability in, like, modern society as mothers to then decide, well, there's so much advancement in technology to, like, turn your business online sure. at any time of yeah. the day. So you could, like, raise your – you could school your kids or homeschool oh, your kids. Yeah. When you say school your kids yeah, like yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah. you can homeschool your kids. Uh, during the day, and then you know, yeah. like get to work later. Yeah. Um. I just feel like there's more freedom of choice, which is nice. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Um. And there's definitely, it, it is understand. I think what's what's great that's come out of COVID is that a lot of work has just been a lot of people just are working from home. Yeah. Um. Where you do have that option. Yeah. And then one of the other stigmas that I noticed with homeschool kids, and I asked you, and I was like. Do they socialize? Are they, do they have friends? Like, can you speak on that? Because I'm sure you get that all the time.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I think, again, I think it's propaganda. That, because <laughs> honestly, if you look at statistics and if you look at um a lot of, you know, schools you know, like Harvard, they're always looking for homeschool kids because they're mm-hmm. more responsible and they're more together and they're more um, assimilated into, you know, uh, communities. So, I used to get that in LA a lot because even then, you know, we're talking about homeschooling and people go like, "What?" But they won't have friends. They're not going to socialize. <laughs> and actually, homeschool children are more socialized, and they're more socialized, and they're more active in their community because they're not just hanging out with you know kids their age. Right. They're actually they actually have such a you know wide network of people, whether it's you know their you know grandparents or you know just different age groups you know I, I i don't feel that children should spend whatever it is that kids do now eight
0: eight hours to school i don't know mm-hmm. is it eight hours i school think it's, is, is, it six? is it six mine was eight in grade school because i yeah. went to like a charter school but yeah. i think it's six is it six okay yeah. hours
1: you know six seven hours a day which is basically half your waking hour mm-hmm. hanging out with other kids yeah like well, what are you learning? <laughs> you know, you're <laughs> learning what they know, which is they know what you know. So you're really not learning anything new. Yeah. You know, and and sure, hang out with your peers because there's some you know there's a value in that, and you learn how to um, socialize. But that you know, I remember my daughter and I had this conversation, and I drew like a tic tac toe grid for her, and I told her in each um, square write down things in your life that matter to you so she was like grandparents parents and friends and horses reading and so she filled it and i had to say now look at it now you have you need to keep give each of these square some of your time during the day you know not everything goes into one grid which is your friends yeah or not everything goes into your horses and horses which you love you have all these other responsibilities so you need to give it time and And that's how I feel. But what happens when kids spend six, seven hours a day is they, rather than being like a nine grid, it's like a two grid, you know, it's like up top of your friends and then your parents and that's it. Yeah. And, and I I just don't think that's healthy. I don't think that makes for, I mean, we learn so much from people in our community and we learn so much from, you know, whether it's older kids or um, just older Older people, that yeah. we
0: need that experience. We need that um, kids need to be around it. I feel like even um, like the senior elderly community too. I f- they're more sure. isolated, where everyone's everyone's at work, everyone's at school, and yeah. then it's like the only people you're around are like paid employees. I know. You how know, depressing. it's like how depressing. Everyone has to be paid to be of service. Yes, which I think is like. I just think that that's more, it's just more common now where people are like, well, what's in it for me? Oh, of course. You know, and yeah. it's, even
1: with children, I find I, I when you, even if you have to get a babysitter, just don't let them see you pay them. Like, don't, thinking, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you got to pay someone to hang out with me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just be like, oh, you know, Molly's going to hang out with you today. Just leave yeah. it at that. Don't even let them know that you're you're paying someone. Because right. there is a, something
0: kind of kind of gross about it. I You're mean. right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I always felt cuz I used to babysit. And I yeah. always felt kind of awkward like yeah. it is like a drug deal <laughs> yeah. between like me yeah. and the and parents. parents. Yeah. Cuz they'd like slip it and I'm like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. And I wouldn't even check until I got in the yeah. car <laughs> yeah. cuz I didn't want them to see. Yeah. And- yeah. But it's awkward, yeah, like, it is awkward on an intuitive level. Yeah, because
1: you're having fun with them, and then all of a sudden you're done. You're like, all right, here's my you now here's your money. It just felt weird. It's like, wait, I thought we were friends. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so sad. <laughs> it is sad. Oh I mean, God. we don't think about these things, but psychologically, yeah. how that might affect a child. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things we don't think about. I mean, this is what <laughs> – I just got to bring this up because this always makes me laugh. Christmas, right? Santa Claus. I mean – Oh my gosh. I told my husband, we are not telling our children lies. Yeah. And and think about that. So <laughs> so we never did the whole Santa Claus thing. Because think about that. You lie to your kids that there's Santa Claus. And then eventually figure out there is none. Right. And then you've pretty pretty much lied to them for the first, I don't know, seventy, eight years of their life.
0: Yeah. I
1: mean, think about it. like that psychologically, like people don't think about it, but it's it's depressing. Right. You just lie to your kids, yeah, and you just and, and and they go over the top. Oh, look what he brought, and oh, the cookies and da da da. Yeah. You know, it's so over the top. And then you were busting your ass all night.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. But You're like, can it, I get a little
1: recognition? <laughs> yeah, I know. There's that too. There's that too. But for me, it's just the psychological effect of that for children. Yeah. And and again, I mean, I don't know. For me, it's like I just feel like so much of this stuff is by design. It's by design. It's you're, you're, you're starting this relationship with your children at an early age, and there's already a distrust, mm-hmm. and there's already lying, and there's like, they can't count on you to be honest with them. And I remember my husband, I had this conversation. He goes like, well, what about fairies? And I was like, <laughs> well, that's different. I was like, when I go into the woods, there could be fairies. I have no idea. Totally. And I, I believe there might be fairies. Yeah. So when I say that to my children, I'm not lying. I'm not like you know, setting up a fairy house out there going, oh, look at this, there's fairies here. You know, it's it's just whatever magic they might feel there. Could be fairies. Who am I to say? But Santa Claus is not Santa Claus. You know what I mean? You're the one putting the cookies out, taking a bite and... packing the presents so that's a it's a different lie I mean that's just a lie because you know Santa Claus did not take a bite of that cookie right and he did not wrap that present he <laughs> didn't get it because you did yeah. so it's it, you know so I have to explain like no it's not the same thing it's not the same thing
0: well it kind of kills miracles too because you have the miracle of yes. Christmas yes. and then it was all a lie yeah so these I children know. are like there's no such thing in miracles." yes I don't believe in miracles. Yes. I don't believe in a higher yes. power divinity. Yes. Because
1: yeah, because you just lied to me yeah. and wrapped this present, ate that cookie, and drank that milk, trying to tell me it was Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, believe me.
0: Yeah. I, I just thought of, I don't know if, have you ever been to Iceland? Cause yes. Because in Iceland, they believe in fairies. Oh, in Norway, like, too. Yeah. Because they have what's called the t- uh, uh, trolls.
1: Trolls are little gnomes or little, okay, you yeah. know. Yeah, troll, trolls.
0: But uh, aren't there, like, representatives that, you know, they'll make sure that if you're building a road, like you do not build a road in a ferry village. I you know what I don't <laughs> so know, we'll but I wouldn't around. be surprised.
1: No, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I just I love that. And I think that's true. It's like something that you don't you don't know about. I hear this um at the park, or like, you know, you're eavesdropping <laughs> on like how other parents are communicating with their kids. Yeah. And um this one guy was telling his son that um like, giants don't exist. And I was like, well, how, does, how does he know giants don't yeah. exist? Like, what if there was, like, a big giant that, like, yeah. used to roam the earth, you yeah. know? Um, I don't know. I just, I'm like, how do... I just feel like at one point, kids are probably going to be like, how do they know? Yeah. You know? and <laughs> As they should, because I can tell you that guy was wrong.
1: Yeah. Because if you go down South America, and actually a friend of mine did, because he'd heard about these giants, and they were in this museum in... I can't remember where. It might have been Chile... Or Bolivia, I can't remember. But in one of the museums, they had um, skulls of supposedly giants that had roamed the earth, wow. and they were obviously—you can tell—they're significantly bigger than a normal uh, skull. And so he uh, flew down there because he wanted to check it out himself, and he did. And he told me, "Yeah, they wow. were definitely much bigger than a regular skull." So, yeah, like I, <laughs> I, I hate when people do that. It's like, don't kill your kids curiosity yeah. it's like first of all you don't even know you don't even you're just know. like being programmed to just am nap. i know and the then, new york times told me there wasn't any
0: well and that's the thing too it's like now you have to it's it's like what we tell our kids that could be like there's an element of fantasy and mystery and yeah. miracle in yeah. all of these stories sure. and then there's like the big system that's like fact-checking your stories <laughs> oh and you know what I mean like it's just like can we just chill can out can we just live in this like sweet innocence of yeah. being a child or the innocence yeah. of of wonder yeah like walking through the woods and yeah. seeing the light hit like a beautiful mossy area yeah. and imagining like that actually looks like fairies yeah. in another realm yeah. are just having their little village yeah right there yeah. you know yeah. so I don't know I, I just I guess it all goes back to those um those prison-like schools that are just like... A hundred percent. The ruler hitting your wrists, saying you're wrong, yeah. you know? Yeah,
1: it's like it is drilled out of them, the creativity. And that's what it's there for. Even the bell, the, like, you know, when the bell goes off, it's conformity, it's like, it's the factory mentality. That's what they're doing. And they're instilling that in you at a young age. And it's, you know, and for me, once I, I read John Telegato, and then there's another man, H.L. Um, Mench- Men- Menken, I think was his name. He was a journalist and a scholar Um, it, it, from, I think it was 50s. But he talks a lot about the education system as well. I realized, I was like, I can't keep my kids in school, knowing what I know. Like, this isn't, you know, they're going to be crushed. Yeah. and And so, yeah. I have to say, there are schools. It's not all schools. Yeah. Because I do believe um, Rudolf Steiner, who was the founder of Waldorf School, he had it right, and I do feel like a lot of Waldorf schools right now are, are kind of, I don't know where it's heading. It's not heading heading in the right direction. I think Steiner would uh, is probably rolling in his grave. But the essence of what the Waldorf School is is wonderful, and there are other schools like that. So you you know, so it's not all schools, but it's just the state schools. Yeah. Because the state dictates what they should learn. And it's not based on any of any creativity. It's it's um, even the stand. What is it? Standardized testing. It's like, yeah, it was just like, let's keep everyone, you know, <laughs> like, and the, like, we're not going to have, you know, everyone succeed, bring him down, you know, yeah. and if you're, you know, it's, it's all of it. It's just, it's not individual. It's just the factory.
0: Well, you almost wonder, like, with the development of AI, which I'm not trying to seem doomsday about it. Yeah. But it is going to eventually eliminate these like white collar managerial positions that are there for probably the people that followed the system, followed the rules went through all the programming have crazy student debt from going to college to get some degree they don't yes. they aren't super passionate about because no. those are just the things that we're just told that we should do mm-hmm. and now it's like all of these people who just kind of want to live their lives mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with going through the system and like you know like i i want to think that everybody was Everyone has the best intentions. Yes, I when, agree. You know, they want to believe that public schools or this the communities communities that they live in yeah. and local government or like larger government institutions are that they care about education and their yeah. children's edu- education. But what I'm think what I'm seeing and foreseeing is like you have all these people that follow the system and now AI is taking their jobs and, and where are they left? Yeah. They don't have any passions. Their creativity is shot. Yeah. Uh, they have friends that, I don't know, what it, like friends move on with their lives. Yeah. They move, they have kids, they have families. Yeah. So I'm just thinking like, imagine a world where you just have all these kids that are following their like mm-hmm. tic-tac-toe grid yeah. of what they're passionate about. Yeah, And like where I could see that being really, scary for a society to actually think, wait, all of these independent thinkers that are creative, capable, bright, they question things, curious about the world. Like, what do we do? You know, maybe their parents didn't give them these textbooks (laughs) that have this history that was written by the people that won. You know, like, it's just, Yeah, I don't know. It's just, for me, I'm, I really love that movie Captain. Have you ever seen Captain Fantastic?
1: no I haven't seen oh it oh my god you have yes. to see this okay. movie
0: so it's about a, a father who has like seven kids and they live in the oh, woods oh wait no
1: is this Morton yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah Vigo
0: yeah, yeah. Morton yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. I just no, that's a great movie <gasps> it's so good yeah um, you know you kind of see the flaws in like his extremism because yes. he's like society's yeah. effed up so we're yeah. gonna do this yeah um, and then of course this kid like gets into Ivy League school because yeah. that homeschool education yeah. gets him in I know <laughs> But um, I don't know. I just uh, I just got tangential. Now I'm forgetting my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> oh man, where was I going with this? Because I wanted to say something, and I'm forgetting now. It's the brain cells that just oh, go yeah. away. <laughs> like, are they Mama ever going to come back? <laughs> oh, they come back. Not not fully, but um, some of it. Yeah, I don't. I could just see it being like a threat. of course. Oh, yeah. To society yeah, as it is
1: now. Of course it is. But then, like you said, when AI is taking over a lot of these jobs, these people who are going to be left in the dust, they're going to be like, wait, what do I do now? And the hope is that people like us can be of example. You know, they can see like, hey, wait, we don't need the system. You know, we can just do, you know, we can start farming. I think I feel like there's so many of us now that more, and and I think there's more and more, there's going to be more and more of us. So I'm hoping that they can, you know, people can realize it's almost like we've gone full circle and then we go back to the beginning. Like you can only, like AI and all that, like that's just starting getting extreme. And I agree with you, this is where it's going, but it's going to get to a point where it's just, the pendulum will swing so far that way, that it has to come back the other way. And I'm hoping that on the way back we just scoop all these people <laughs> up and take, you know, and be like, hey, don't worry, come with us. Yeah. You know, there's hope.
0: Yeah. With AI, for instance, how do you how do you teach your children of these technologies? Do you incorporate them in? Or is it something that it's like, oh, this is this is like a thing that is happening and I'll use it for this curriculum or, or like a activity in the afternoon for, for them to understand that that's an element or? I don't do any of it. No. Okay. No, I don't,
1: I don't do any media with my children. Okay. Because I, again, I go back to Rudolf Steiner and I really, really, and like I, that guy is just brilliant. But right now, and you know, maybe in a few years when they're older, I mean, my kids, children are nine and and 12 maybe when they're 15 16 sure we'll we'll talk about it then but right now their mind they need to be outside playing it's imaginative play it's um i don't want i don't want outside you know and, and of course they have books and stuff but still um, i mean it's like take anything right once once you once you see an image that someone else has created for you then that loses some of its creativity right because, well, yeah, now I know what a dog looks like. Oh, well, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. or, or, you know, just something that's not. And so for me, it's I want them to use their imagination as much as possible and not being fed information and, you know, or, or even visual images. Right. And so I've they're not a lot we don't watch TV. We don't they don't get on the computer. Um, yeah, I don't. It, and you know they're so quick. I mean, there's times when my daughter picks up my phone, and I'm always amazed that she even knows what to ha- like. She knows how she knows what to do, <laughs> yeah, and and they will pick up on it so quickly. I'm yeah. not worried about it, but you'll never get this time back. Yeah. So f- until you know they're in their you know late teens, I just want them to be children, and I want them to live in
0: nature away from technology. I read this article about this movement of wait till 8 where it's like wait to give your kids cell phones until they're in eight, the 8th grade. Yeah. And I'm like, no, we need to start like shaming people now yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, even 8th grade feels I like know. my my husband was like What? Like, I didn't need to get in touch with my parents at all. Yeah. Like, cell phones weren't even around when he was a kid. And he's like, "No, I got around all right. Like, I never needed them. No, you don't. They knew where they... Yeah. Like, can't you just say, hey, I'm going to be here. Yeah. (laughs) You'll come and pick me up at this location. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird how it's become this safety thing and that parents are tracking their children. Yes. It's like, what are your children doing that you need to track? Yeah, (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny when he said, wait till
1: eight... for a second, oh, I thought like you eight an eight-year-old. Old, I was like, <laughs> oh, God. I mean, eighth grade is a little better, but I agree with you. Yeah. There's no need for, yeah. And also, I mean, let's talk about the health effects. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, it's too much. And I don't think peop- parents are aware. Yeah. You know, I really don't think peop- parents are aware how bad cell phones are for developing brains in children. Yeah. it's It's really, like, I do not let my children touch my phone. And if for some reason they want to look at something, I'm like, put it on airplane, you know? Yeah. And even then it's not completely, you know, it doesn't block all the EMF, but it, it blocks a lot of it. But I just... Yeah. They're so sensitive. Their system's sensitive. They're, you know, their their brain is constantly, like it's developing. They don't... this stuff is just, it's poison.
0: Well, and it's like, they don't even really know what they're... I mean, Isaiah's one. So it's yeah. a completely different, like we won't watch television yeah. with him. And then when he snags my phone if it's just sitting there like I'll immediately put it on airplane yeah Yeah. um but it is something where you have to be very intentional like I've I've recently because I'll get my screen time updates and I'm like just as once I started getting into like putting my phone away I mean I always lose my phone now because I like hide it in crevices (laughs) of the house that I'm like not familiar with But it's like my screen time is significantly lower because it's like I don't need to be looking at my phone. I don't want his memory of me to be like 100% on my phone. Yes. And then if I'm napping with him, like, you know, I have my occasions where I'm like, I'm just going to like scroll on Instagram or whatever. But I'm like, I could be reading a book. And now I'm like learning about all this different stuff yeah. that yeah i, I mean probably... no where it is it's addictive
1: that's why yeah. i mean we're all guilty of it oh, and completely and for me I, and I like what you said as parents we need to live by example yeah so we have to show our children that like no this device is not you know like yeah, they don't yeah,
0: know you're yeah, reading I mean, an article. No, they just then, think you're looking at yes, the thing. exactly. And so
1: when I, a lot of times right now, <laughs> I'll just wait till I go to the bathroom. If I'm in the bathroom, then I'll like, catch up because then they, you know, they're, they, like I'm aware that they're yeah. watching me. Yeah, and so I'm aware. Like I try not to be on it. Yeah, and then I hide and do it now, so
0: they don't yeah, see me as no, much. Same. you know,
1: or, or even you know, like I just looking at the time. You know, I've been saying I need to get a watch because even that is mm-hmm. like. There's no need for it. Just get a watch or hell, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, but it's true. We have to live by example. We have to, if we don't want him on the screen, then we should chill out on the screen.
0: Yeah. And it's like, it is one of those things too where I'm like, well, if I'm reading a book, like he sees me reading yeah i mean but is he still thinking like does he think i'm ignoring him or something no (laughs) that's the other thing that i'm like is it still like no i'm still trying to understand what the different like i think it's different yeah and i think he knows it's different yeah i don't know well i think it's yeah
1: i mean i'm sure they're computing a lot more than we even imagine yeah so but the thing is even if he sees you with a book you want him in 10 years to, even if he's ignoring you, to be ignoring you with a book and not a cell phone. You yeah, what that's what I mean? true. So it's, yeah. it's, it's not, you know, I don't think, I think there's a big difference.
0: I want to bring back cigarettes for yeah. children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like adults. Like, I'm just like, what's yeah. good? 'Cause Cause you know, everyone's replacing something. Of course. Like what is it this like, we need, need to grasp yeah. something. Yeah. And is it, is it Freudian where we have like, we, we sort of like skip, there's some sort of trauma in like our latency period yeah, where yeah. we have to always have something in our mouth or yeah. like in our hands. Yeah. You, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It just makes me wonder.
1: Yeah. I wonder if the addictive nature of cell phone, if it is just the, just having something or if it's more than that. Yeah. Because certainly, I mean, it's definitely addictive, right? Yeah. It is. We all know that it's, it's, there's enough studies now that we know that they're very, very addictive. But I wonder, you know, what it is. is—is Like you said, is it just a new cigarette? Like we just need something in our hand, like <laughs> yeah. coffee, you know. Or, or, right. Or is there more? Or is it just the content that's just making us ad- addictive, I guess?
0: I honestly think sometimes it's subliminal messaging, too. Yeah. With no, children. Right. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm like, how are they – how do they know what apps to open yeah. and like yeah. – or even – like all it was so funny. Isaiah went up to my keyboard and started typing something and I was like, hmm, I was like, this kinda looks like code. I yeah. gotta copy and paste it into Google search. It was literally like a a dot gov like Odyssey Mars mission, like some coding oh, thing. That's and hysterical. I was like stop and i closed my computer because i got really par- par- paranoid <laughs> paranoid i came back and i was like oh my god what if like the government shows up and well, what are the chances my my that- son is some genius yeah. that they need to like elon musk is gonna take him to <laughs> or like they think i know the code yeah. like i was just so i was like i gotta erase clear my history <laughs> like um, I mean, listen, anything's possible. But like, what's going on? What? Yeah, I mean, these kids are like—they're advanced. Yeah, and yeah, like they're gonna know. My friend, her kid went to—I think it was like a a Steiner school. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar. It's it's in L. A. And she said that uh Kanye was going to a lot of the the performance. It, you have to perform your um like midterms or performances. Yeah, so You perform okay. what you learn. Yeah. Um, and it was all performance, like ballet, Alexandria. Is that what it's like for um, posture? It's, it's just like it's all like performance yeah. arts. And her son went there, graduated 18. And now he's um at some university, but he wants to be a doctor. And he didn't get any STEM education at all. But he's just picking it up like that. He doesn't yeah. – it's like – it's I almost I'm like do we even need that progression into like okay you learn this type of math at this age and then it then it'll open the doors for this cuz it's like this kid didn't know it at all. Yeah. And then he just has a knack for it. Yeah. It's like he was born to be a doctor. Yep. And then he had this whole wonderful experience of education. Yeah. <laughs> for 18 years, you yeah. know. So Yeah, I would say John Taylor Gatto would say
1: no, they don't need that. Yeah. they, they you know, cuz he and that's the thing, like back in when the literacy rate was high, especially in Boston, the things that kids were reading at early teens are what, you know, people are reading in college. So I think we limit them by saying, this is first grade work, this is second grade work, this is, you know, and he was definitely all about, no, no like they can read Shakespeare. I don't care if they're 9 years old. Like don't right. stop them. Just let them, you know, whatever they gravitate towards, whatever they pick up. Yeah. And I think it's adults who put these limits on these children.
0: Yeah, and also project their agenda on children, I've Hundred, noticed yes, now. Cuz yes. I'll, I'll go into a bookstore and I'm like, "What? Why are kids?" I went to the I was at a bookstore the other day and there was this um the cover, I don't know if you're familiar with this type of blackout poetry so like if you open up a book and you just like take a sharpie and you create a poem from blacking out words and then the words that are still there are the poem so i'm like oh this is so cute it's a blackout poem um there's another term for it and i read what it's about and it's about this kid that discovers all these books are getting erased and like and then he needs to stand up for like (laughs) and i'm like this is just such a narrative yeah that you, some kid is in school and like the school's blacking out paragraphs and I'm like that's not actually a thing yeah like come on yeah that's just yeah. like
1: that's yeah. just propaganda to exactly say that. yeah it's still a propaganda
0: S- yeah so I'm like why not just actually have kids read Shakespeare so they know story yeah you know yeah and English yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I know yeah no uh, God was big on
1: that he was he he didn't like the the, the age stuff and limiting children, but he equally, he didn't agree pushing children to read at an early age either. Mm. He felt like if your child, he says, the only way to get your child not to learn to read is force them to read. Right. And and I agree with that. Um, I think he, he said, it doesn't matter if someone learns at six or seven and someone learns at 10, because by the time they're 12, 13, they're going to be in the same place. You won't even know yeah. the difference. And and this you know and you know we talk about the system the system but honestly parents need to take responsibility as well because we are the ones that are pushing our children to read at younger and younger age and it's this weird like oh my god Timmy's reading my son isn't or whatever right, yeah you know? right. there's this like I mean I, I and I saw that you know being a Waldorf parent you know in Waldorf they don't push you to read as a matter of fact kindergarten there's no reading first grade. You start learning in letters, but you're not reading really. Yeah. I mean, basically, the cutoff. It's not, it's not, I shouldn't say cutoff, but around fourth grade is when you're sort of start expected to you know try to read. Yeah, and so, and I saw a lot of parents that would just that would leave the school because they couldn't take the pressure of whether it's their uh, family or or friends outside of the Waldorf school judging them hmm. because their child wasn't reading yet. And so but then but the crazy thing is if you just see it all the way through children who graduate from Waldorf school tend to be at a much higher level overall whether it's, you know, reading or science. Yeah. But it's just that that age between 1 and, you know, first grade and fourth grade they're very slow and it's because they feel that play is the way to go. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's, but it's interesting, but, but parents are, are so caught up in what other people think about their children yeah. that it's, it's, um, they just force their children into things that they're not ready for. Right. And it's really sad, you know, and especially for someone, I have my son wasn't ready to read and I didn't force him. And now he loves reading. And that's another thing that happens. And I remember having this conversation with my mom because children, yes, some children get pushed and then they do read early, but then they hate reading. Exactly. And so what have you done now? You know, yeah. I would rather my child take time and read later, but then love reading. Right. You know? And so, uh, yeah, I mean, we, parents they just need to, you know. It's the same thing with we're talking about birth. It's all of it. Like, although it's the system, Yeah. but people are also like, oh, I need to get my nails done on Wednesday. I better get that <laughs> C section. You know, yeah. we also have to take responsibility. Yeah. The reason that this is happening is also because we are not taking responsibility and yeah. we're trying to take the easy way out. Or, oh, I don't want to, you know, oh, I'm worried you know, this. it it, or we have a vacation scheduled or whatever it might be and women you know or we i don't want to feel pain Mm -hmm. we've become so um it's just whatever the easy way yeah Yeah. whatever the easy way out is right and it's the same with parenting you know we're talking about that earlier too it's no there are some sacrifices if you're going to have a baby and if you're a mom it might mean that you can't work but that's a sacrifice right but that's part of having a child yeah. And if your career is that much more important, then don't have a children. Right. You know, it's like, I mean, I don't know. I am i don't mean to sound harsh, but no, it I... is. And, and and if you can do both, that's great. Yeah. But it's not, It's it's
0: a sacrifice having children. Well, and I want to know where a lot of women can just, they're not biologically and physically connected, where it's like, I just... I just grew this person yes. inside of me like where is it that society has now like nurtured these women into just feeling that disconnected from yes it's, so disconnected it's so like i mean for me cuz i've you know i've like heard stories over the last couple years of like oh this mother like she moved she she only sees her kids like 8 weeks out of the year and i'm like i'm sorry but how how yeah. is that possible yeah. like yeah i almost i can almost expect it more from a man because yes. he didn't grow that sure. child. like yeah. i just i get really upset when it's when we're not tuning in to yes. something that is so innate and like primal yeah. like how fucked up are we as a yeah. society yeah. that it's like yeah convenience factor number oh, one yeah. like yes. it's yes. like the first convenience is like i feel like it's a slippery slope yes it is. Where you make these decisions, you're yes. like, well, it's, it's more convenient. It works with like my schedule. Yeah. That I got to get back to.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, but it's also, like you said, it's that disconnect of that biological, just innate, like primal feeling. Yeah. I mean, I it, c- cry it out is another thing. I just remember... When I had my daughter, people are like, "Oh, are you going to do crying out?" I was like, "Hell no!" Like I'm like,
0: "Oh yeah, what's like, like, crying out?" <laughs> yeah. I was like, "No,
1: why would I do that?" Yeah, and, you know, and I, as you know, I was I was born in East Africa, you know, and I you know grew up in Norway, and so my mom, you know, grew up in East, in Africa, and and she would, like, I remember telling her, and she couldn't wrap her ha- mind around. Why would you do that to a child, (laughs) you know? Because this is a culture where children were, you know, carried all the time. And, like, you just, like, that's just unheard of, the cry it out method. But this is what happens. Like, so you have these, like, oh, these experts, experts, you know? Oh, you know, you should just let them cry it out. If not, it's, like, it's crazy. And because we don't have that generational um, support, like, we just we don't know any better and we feed into these experts like they're and then next week it's like oh no actually that's gonna fuck your child up so you better not do it well it's a little too late you know (laughs) and it's just insane to me and I I remember the story anyway so I didn't obviously I didn't do it I was like oh whatever um (laughs) but I remember a friend of mine telling me um she did the cry it out and she said that she had to have her husband put her little one to sleep because she just couldn't take it. She couldn't bear it. So she would be in the kitchen, and she said, "I was just cutting onions or cutting something, and I was just crying." And so it was that primal thing telling yeah. her, but but then she was going against that feeling, right? And she was following some, yeah, yeah,
0: pediatrician, yeah, who knows, do this, yeah. Or?
1: But but it's like, but th- her intuitive feeling was correct. Like it yeah. just didn't feel right. That's why yeah. she was really upset and crying. But yet. She was going against that. And I'm sorry, but there's, like, to me, that feeling is greater than any expert or doctor or, you know, it's insane. But, you know, and then this can go into another thing, which is like, yeah, we've made science our religion, our God, you know? And they think people think, oh, my God, but science says this. I have to do it. Or, you know, it's crazy. Like, no, no, you know better. You know better about your child than any scientist in the world. I don't care how good they are. But if you don't have that confidence and if you're not empowered, you are going to fall for these, you know, dumb... I mean, it, cry it out. Like, to me, I'm sorry. It's like... it, Like, it hurts my brain. Yeah. Hurts my brain. Like, people would leave their child to cry it out. And and I don't know if you're familiar with Gabe Mate, but he. I was just thinking about him. Yeah, yeah. And he's done a whole thing. And there's yeah. been many studies where there was... Was it... um What it does to your brain? Like, the part of your brain just shuts off. Like, hey, I'm not... I'm not going to get any help here. Yeah. Like in feeling, I mean, there's so much psychologically that, <laughs> that happens to that child. Yeah. Um, that it's uh, really sad that they get that, you know, that effed up start
0: of life. I, I know. And it. I also feel, because I feel like it's like a, a real baby boomer thing. Well. Yeah. <laughs> like a part of me is like, I just feel like there was this weird trust in a lot of, and I can understand where you want to trust. Sure. You want to trust sure. the person that you're going with your child, who you obviously care about. Yes. It's their uh, care provider, their doctor. Like, you yeah. want to trust yeah. them. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, like, why are you going to them? Yeah, sure. So, and it's, you know, I think that, like, we also live in a society where you're not going to it's really rare to ask for a second opinion and to switch gears and find somebody Mm -hmm. new Mm because it ruffles feathers too. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, do I have to like, it's like breaking up with somebody, you know, (laughs) even though you don't owe them anything. But I could just see where there was something that like happened economically in society that then made people lose a sense of their intuition and this drive for like independence and like self-actualization. Even for women where you're like, yeah we still as modern mothers like we have the option of so many different things yeah. with technology yeah um with children and it's like it's amazing um but where is it that like I think that there had to be this extreme where like women were like we need to go in the workplace and like yeah. I you know like I want this yeah. I don't want to be burdened in there are a lot of people that are in bad marriages yeah. too. Like yeah. all of those things yeah. can contribute to where you're like, let's get the kids in school. Like, let me get like, yeah, let me just like dive into my work. So yeah. like, there's a yeah. lot of privilege yeah. in like having a really wonderful relationship and, yeah. you know, like having the, uh, the freedom and the time to do all these things. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's weird. I think that in a way, like, in our fight to be equal it's like women have just completely abandoned yeah. something that is so deeply a part of like our dna yeah you know yeah no i agree this makes me really bummed yeah know it does <laughs> and i do agree with
1: you not everyone you know can homeschool not everyone can do these things yeah but but i uh, yeah but it is sad
0: yeah and and I think I honestly feel like a lot of, because I mean, my, I actually, my, my mom and both of my stepmothers are all school principals. Yeah. So like with us, I'm like, oh my God, they, they just know the system. Yeah. Like that's just, they, they're they like leaders yeah. in that system. realm. Yeah. Um, And I got to see where things got, like where teachers unions make teachers really lazy yes. and like. And I get it, like, there's not much funding where, like, they have to buy their own supplies and yeah. stuff. But, like, I think a lot of the time they just want that two months off, you know? Yeah, yeah. So,
1: yeah, I think that, unfortunately, and John Goto talks about that, the so much is stacked against the teachers that they give up, Yeah. you know? And they're just like, okay, just, it's just a paycheck at this point. Because yeah. they just can't do what they want to do. They're so, their hands are tied. And at some point, I think they just give up. And I think that's what happened you know, to, I mean, he's got some funny stories, um, where he would, um, he taught up in Harlem, I, th- I believe it was up either Harlem or, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Harlem, and he would, um, let the kids just go do stuff in New York, like, yeah, you like, uh, statistics, all right, go and start, you know, go to every, you no, know, this was, with this one girl who was bored in class, and I remember something, like, I think she said, well, I just want to go swimming, and she just loves to swim. So he told her, he's like, all right, fine. Why, what are you doing here? Don't sit here then in class. And he told her she needed to go to every um, indoor swimming pool in New York and rate the bathroom, the pool. And she did this whole paper. And as a matter of fact, I think it was the New Yorker or somebody wanted to buy it from her because it was so thorough. Whoa. And she was like, and they offered her some money. And she was, you know, she came from a poor family. But she was like, no, this is my, that's all they have to offer. This is like my like my work but anyway but he would cover for these children because they weren't in class yeah he would just lie and cover for them (laughs) and let them go do stuff you know because he's like yeah that's a waste of time why are you sitting i mean he's got some great stories and what a wonderful teacher but he talks a lot about that how there are some wonderful teachers but they just couldn't do anything because of the system yeah and it's not and that's and that's the thing it's like you know i'm not bashing teachers because there's some wonderful teachers it's the system that bothers me it's a system of you know health it's the system of education it's this it's the system because just like doctors and scientists there's some wonderful scientists and doctors but they have to get in line and if they don't it's just you know there's there's trouble unfortunately and so and then some of them just give up and they're like, well, we're just going to follow the system because if we, you know, if we try. It's the only way to get funding and yeah, grants. Yeah, 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 all that stuff. So it's really the system that bothers me. Yeah. It's not necessarily these individuals in these systems. Thank you
0: so much You coming here and chatting with me. I was literally going to change the lights by the way to amber cuz I'm like Raquel's coming. We, <laughs> didn't, we didn't change the office lights to amber because we don't we don't come oh here at gosh. night. That's a And I was like we need to change that one before. It's like I don't want her to think we're like lying about our, <laughs> the blue blog. <blanket." laughs> I don't really think oh we're like God. making this up. Gina, like, would actually you crack me <laughs> up. Oh my gosh, you crack me up. That is hysterical. I, no, I was just like uh. literally like, why is that on? <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you.